This is a HeadGum Podcast. This week's episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show is brought to you by Bo Brummel. Bo Brummel makes skincare products crafted specifically for men's skin. How might you ask? They use charcoal to detoxify and draw dirt and bacteria out of men's larger pores. And these are products that don't have the overpowering scent of the kind of skincare junk you're going to find in the drugstore. This is good stuff manufactured right here in New York. Back in the 1800s, Bo Brummel the man basically invented modern fashion as we know it. Uh, today, Bo Brummel, the company, is embracing his legacy. You can join them at BoBrummelForMen.com. Listeners of this podcast will save an additional 15% when they use the order code JEFF15. That's BoBrummelForMen.com, promo code JEFF15. All right, let's get to the show. Everybody, welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, back with my favorite guest. Uh, I think the guest who's wow. been on the show the most. That's right. I'll say favorite guest, Pat Castles, uh, former co-host of mine, back at College Humor, current writer at uh, Full Frontal with Sam B., who is just killing it this election, both Sam and yourself. Thank you. And we are here. This is very exciting. We are here to discuss... Uh, this is a sequel episode. We are doing. I mean, I, I don't threequel, know why a threequel episode. I don't know why I'm being like I'm teasing it out. Like people have already seen like the title of the podcast right, file, right. file. This is pop <laughs> culture conspiracy theories number three. Pat and I have done three of these. Uh, part one. I don't know if you. What do you think part one was? Wow. Two years ago. Wrong. It was in May 2012. Holy crap! It is four current, years ago. Yeah, it's currently October 2016. Man. Part two. Was in 2013, just a year later, and I, I was also surprised when I looked up how long ago they were because uh, we talk about this a lot, like a decent amount. Because uh, you know, whenever I'd say every few months, whenever one of us hears about something pop culture conspiracy theory, we'll like email each other. I have kept a running list of yeah. things that we. And I feel like after the first one, we were like, oh, let's see if we can get some more of these. And we collected some more, and like a year later, we had another one. But I didn't realize that we've been talking about this and like trying to find more of them yeah. for three or four years now before we finally got enough. Uh, we scrapped together enough theories, finally, today, to record part three. And you, yeah, they got harder to, I feel like after, I, I feel like after the second one, we were both probably like, well, that's it. There's no... More and then you, I gotta give you credit for. I feel like as soon as I found like one more after the second, I was like, let's do another one. And you were very patient of like, no, we can't do another one until we have a decent amount of really good ones. I th- and, and I, I think, think it's gonna got- pay off today. Yeah. So for those who haven't, it's great. Like if you were in high school when we released the first one, you are now in college listening to this episode. If you stuck with the show for four years, so thank you, um, and, and, and got into college. Yes. So. Um, so for those maybe a little rustier, maybe they haven't been talking about it every few months for the past few years, uh, we moved to L.A. and back in this time. It's really crazy. What uh, what do we do here? What What is the theme of this episode? These are you, – I mean, I, yeah, you, uh, you're asking me to explain, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, well, I guess, you know, uh, the, the uh, fun rhetorical way to describe it is that we're kind of um, seeking the truth, really, uh, <laughs> that lies under the uh, facade – uh, no, we, the, we, these are, um, 
conspiracy theories that we've found mostly online. Surprise. Exclusively online, I would say. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not, that uh, hotbed of conspiracy, uh, specifically involving music or television or video games or books. Uh, so conspiracy theories about pop culture. Um, probably the... Uh, what what's the what, look? What's an example from the Dre, first one? You know, it's funny. I didn't have a chance to go. I kind of thought about going back to listen to the old ones, and I didn't have a chance. But one I remember is Drake being involved slash Jay Z, maybe maybe all of Rockefeller being involved with the Illuminati. And yeah, like, that, that's probably the gold standard. Right, and for the Rockefeller kind of triangle they throw up is like the the uh, the Illuminati triangle, and like there's deep diving into their song lyrics. That's that's a good classic example. Drake's in the Illuminati. Yeah, and it's really just the tip of the iceberg because they get much more spe- spe- specific. I mean, that one we we wouldn't even do again because it was so it's so obviously true. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Right. So we should that clarify mind, that we're not crazy. <laughs> oh, one one more note about the first one. I did know looking back that the first one is pop culture conspiracy theories slash the Oogie Loves. I guess the Oogie Loves had come out that week, and we also discussed the Oogie Loves, which oh, we never right. saw. Yeah. We you never were, saw. You were, and you really you were really keen on discussing the Oogie, Oogie Loves. That sounds very which possible. I think wound up being a huge disaster. I, I, I when we recorded it, it had a lot of potential. <laughs> okay, it was from the marketing visitors. Also, I think one quick clarification I think we should say about these theories is because I think that. It's a it's a rule that we have. These are not like conspiracy. These are not like deep readings of the, of movies or shows themselves, which yeah. are like all over the internet now. No, where it's like, like where it's so the Pixar movies are all connected. Yeah, none of that stuff, and not even the like, um, not even the like. Um, this movie is a metaphor for this, right? Or something. Like, uh, Except like that Kubrick, which we did do, but that's that was more about Kubrick fake the moon landing, right? But yeah. like the Kubrick uh, Room Two Thirty One, right? Room Two Thirty Seven, Room Two Thirty Seven is like all. It the- has to have some theoretical real world yeah, implications, yeah. even right. though most of these are not true. So let's get into it then. This first one is we're gonna warm up. This first one actually came up. Just yesterday, actually, this is a hot new edition that came up when I was researching one of the other ones. This is actually the only one on the list that I think it's possible no one believes. I think every other one that we're going to talk about, there are people that genuinely believe it to be true. This one, I think, is mostly silly, which is why we're going to use it as a, as a quick little warm-up. This conspiracy theory is that Britney Spears worked for George W. Bush. Whoa! You should. Oh, you should put it like a. I think I suggested this I last think we time. We did put music. Put in. like a music sting after revealing each one. Like, I think dun, I, dun, I got to turn this one around a little quicker. I cannot promise I'm going to get back. Uh, go back to put music. In. <laughs> uh, then I'll just say. Dun, 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 Fair after enough. Each one. So, uh, Britney Spears worked for George W. Bush. As far as I can tell. Almost all of these, I, I basically found like one web page that summarized all the crazy people. I mean, which she is, really is helpful. smart enough to work in that administration. Hello, that's a hot take from the from the George W. Bush administration. The basic crux here: there's no like smoking gun picture of them together, or like checks from the White House to Britney Spears's manager or something like that. the the The, the basic theory is that every time there was some bad George W. Bush news that he might want to cover up, there was some even crazier Britney Spears news. And it actually, this theory was a 2007, um, seems to mostly go back to this Idolator post by Brian Rafferty. And um, this will really date this. So it's from 2007, and this will really like 2007-ize for you. Uh, There's a quote from the article. Whenever the president is facing a potentially iffy public relations fiasco, she must steal his thunder by flailing and sputtering around in the public, thereby ensuing that her name always stays atop CNN.com's most popular story list. (laughs) 
So the CNN.com most popular story list is like the center of the cultural zeitgeist. I feel like it's possibly a little dated. But some examples, January 5th, 2004, I'm sure you'll recall President Bush. Uh, and again, I'm reading from the website here. Attempts to divorce himself from Valerie, the Valerie Plame scandal. Just hearing Valerie Plame, you're like, oh yeah, what what was that about? Like, she I was remember a CIA agent. Yeah, who, he like yeah. outed her, and it was possibly Scooter Libby. Yeah, like it was yeah, payback. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Well, and, I thought I knew. Now, now it's all everything's getting turned on its head here. Bottom line is, Bush didn't want it out there. That same day is when Britney Spears an, uh, announced that she was annulling her marriage. With Jason Alexander, not the Seinfeld star. You oh, may remember that Jason Alexander. I wish you could have saw my expression, audience. <laughs> Do you remember kind of just about as well as I remember the Scooter Libby scandal? There was also a period where Britney Spears like married a childhood friend of hers and then it got like annulled like 62 hours later oh, or something. Yeah. That yeah. happened right. during the Valerie Plame thing. Or. November 6, 2006. I want to do like, J, like, uh, like a low-register JFK music as you explain this whole thing. President Bush's Republican Party, again reading from the website, President Bush's Republican Party faces one of its most hotly contested elections in years. This is November 6, 2006, 10 years ago, uh, the election. Uh, Wait, 2004 was the election. But there was a midterm election in oh, 2006. Right. Uh, tough election, 33 Senate seats and 435 House seats up for grabs. Meanwhile, Britney Spears faces one of her most hotly contested separations in years, announcing her split with Kevin Federline. Oh, wow. Right before the election. And I think the person who wrote this article is, it's tongue-in-cheek. Like, I don't think they're truly suggesting. It's just like, here's kind of a fun observation. It seems to me like perhaps George W. Bush did really bad things that he wouldn't want the press to talk about for eight years, and Britney Spears over that same period of eight years, was also doing completely insane, crazy things. And yeah, they're both, in, I think both Britney Spears and and George, George W. Bush spent the entire aughts in a constant state of buffoonery. So it's it seems like an easy, it's pretty easy to connect the dots. Also, is it like, how close to these, are, are these like the same exact days? Yeah, I guess November 6th was either the day before or after the election. You're right that, like, I think if you just made a list of everything crazy Britney Spears did and everything crazy George W. Bush did, like, there's going to be a few dates in common. I do like the idea that Britney Spears is actually, like, a genius and is this brilliant, like, CIA operative and every, her entire sort of aw shucks Louisiana kind of persona has been, is a complete, you know, a smoky room, just her, you know... With a British accent. <laughs> well, here's what here's the the really interesting piece of this that I had forgotten about that I think you'll enjoy hearing, which is I just in reading about this, um, I saw someone mention that they thought maybe this rumor had started because Britney Spears had famously defended George Bush, and I didn't remember that, so I kind of dug into that a little, and I found this Washington Times article mm-hmm. um, called "Credulous Republicans and the Urban Legend of a Conservative Britney Spears." And basically, the article was saying that there's sort of like a meme, and I say meme in the uh, like original Dawkins sense of the word, like an idea that propagates between people's minds as opposed to like a picture of like a kid <laughs> pumping his fist and it's like, boring, God, exact change. <laughs> but just this idea that propagated among people that Britney Spears was conservative, even though she never actually like openly supported any conservative people or made a statement about it, there's sort of this idea out there she is conservative, maybe because of some of that like Southern charm, which is, can sometimes be associated with the conservatives, I guess, right, especially today. Right. And anyway, apparently, um, and here I'm going to quote the Washington Times article, the roots of this political fantasy appear to lie in some brief fractured remarks that she managed during a 2003 interview on CNN. Asked by then Crossfire host Tucker Carlson about her thoughts on the Iraq war, she famously replied, 
honestly, I think we should just trust our president in every decision he makes, and we should support that, you know, and be faithful to what happens. And here's the part you're going to like. That clip is in Fahrenheit 9-11, which I haven't seen since, uh, you know, it originally came out. But I can definitely imagine there was, like, just a montage of people saying nice things about George Bush and, like, what could be better for that montage than, like, Britney Spears, like, our number one pop star being like, I think we should all just trust the president. Like, of course Michael Moore found a way to use that clip. Yeah, and that seems like, I mean, that, and I wouldn't interpret that as her endorsing George W. Bush. It's no, just, no, I, I don't think, think they are either. Not... I think they're just saying that's, that's like, the the probably where the seed of this whole thing came out of. Yeah. Because... You know, Fahrenheit, even though I, don't, I can't imagine anyone's watched Fahrenheit 9-11 since it came out. Like, is anyone like, well, you know what, I, I, let's go back and rewatch it. You know, like maybe as a historical document or anything, but it's not like Reservoir Dogs or something you're going to be like revisiting for fun. It's kind, then, This is kind of like that movie Wag the Dog where they right. fake a war in order to distract from a sex scandal that the president is involved in. So it's this kind of, I, I, I think the idea of Hollywood being used to... I think maybe wag. What is it? I don't even know the etymology of that phrase. But like, the Hollywood's Hollywood's involvement in politics and and yeah, the sort of um, uh, as a distraction. I feel like there's other examples of that that you could th- in the in the world of conspiracy theories yeah. anyway. That I'm not totally. Or like I don't know, Argo certainly is an example of like a fake movie that it's not quite the same thing, but you know, this is almost the. I'm just opposite. saying there is. I'm just saying there is a precedent of Hollywood being used as a sort of cloak for government. Uh, Are you setting to, Wag the Dog as your precedent there? And Argo, <laughs> and Ar- and Ben Affleck's Argo. Yeah, it's almost like the opposite where they're using a sex scandal or a divorce, you know, a ro- some sort of public like let's yeah. call it a sex scandal to distract from the war instead of using. Or wait, was that what? Uh, who's, the so who's the new agent? Who's the new Spears? Like who's when when Obama? It's got to be a when, Kardashian. I was thinking about that. It's got to be a Kardashian. Like Kim, maybe. Like I and I bet you could if you were so interested. Uh, make a list of like Kim Kardashian is trying to distract from Obama's things, just because there's like a piece of Kim Kardashian news every two or three days, right. just like there's a piece of Obama news. I mean, this guy's like four examples from eight years of George <laughs> yeah. W. Bush's presidency. I don't even remember some of those uh, some of those Britney Spears things, honestly. And two of them are about marriages, which is funny. It's probably good that you remember the Bush things. Like, it's more important to remember the Bush things than the Britney Spears things. Yeah. And Britney Spe- I mean, it's funny. You know what's funny? Um, both Britney Spears and George H.W. Bush, I feel like, are... I-, I would say if you rank their approval ratings or now... Back to then, as opposed to then, they would be higher. Like George W. Bush has had this weird, like, kind of like renaissance at post presidency, where like people seem to like him more than when he was in office. Yeah, like, he's not actively destroying the country anymore. And that's his, it. And his paintings uh, were like a big meme that everyone right. liked. Michelle Obama was like hugging him. Him and Obama have appeared together, he, not endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, all these things, I think, have been resp- uh, are positive things. Um, and Britney Spears, I think, the same way. Like, I think she's not, like, a joke anymore. Like, I, there was this big Times article yeah. about how she's having this, like, her Vegas show is a big hit. Her albums still sell a bunch. So I, I think, think they're both time out of the spotlight has done them both very well, I would yeah, say. Yeah, exactly. In, in terms of their public perception, you know? Right, right. Um, so I don't think either of us are buying this one. I don't think the author of this one is buying it. Like I said, that was just kind of a warm-up to give you a sample of what kind of, uh, what kind of, what we're going to be dealing with today. Yeah. This next one's going to be a little more serious and not fun at all. This is uh, a pretty popular conspiracy theory, pretty widely covered. And this uh, is very upsetting. And it is the theory is that Katy Perry 
uh, is John Benet Ramsey. John Benet Ramsey, uh, of course, was a child. Of course, was a child uh, beauty pageant star. Uh, tragically killed. Her murder remains a mystery. All these years later, it was like the cover. A lot of coverage mm-hmm. of it at the time. A lot of tabloid coverage. Even today, I don't. I never really understood the fascinating. The, really morbid fascination with this case like even today you see John Benet Ramsey on the cover of like supermarket well, tabloids I'm like, I believe oh, it's since, I, I think it's maybe the it's an anniversary maybe the 20th anniversary of that murder um and it's kind of having uh, it's sort of so it's back in the spotlight I actually this is actually well timed for me because I just watched A&E just did a bit I wasn't really familiar with this even though I love 90s horrible stories from the 90s uh this one was kind of not in my I didn't know the details of it I just knew that sort of headshot yeah, of yeah. her and some of the so I just saw this A&E documentary. CBS just did one. I think it's also post um, The People versus O.J. Simpson. Uh, a lot yeah. of the networks are just like cherry-picking all totally. these 90s. There's a Menendez Brothers thing in yeah, the works. The Ama- well, it's not the 90s, but the Amanda Knox one came out. I feel like true mm-hmm. crime docudramas so, about pop- very popular tabloid scandals. Yeah, so this is saying that she never died at all. No. I'm a little unclear. This is a good, this is a good, point, it's a good moment to point out that I don't think uh, you and I subscribe to any of these except one not this one but no. when we get to the one that i actually I think, do believe yeah i think i will say it but I the think re- we should conclude each one with saying whether we believe it or not but quick preview i don't believe any of them except possibly one yes so yes. Um, I, I bet it's the same one that we agree yeah yeah, with. yeah yeah so this yeah. is ludicrous i mean i've like but uh this is mostly based on an online video that someone put together and like the evidence is primarily that uh, like dissolves of pictures of Katy Perry into pictures of John Benet Ramsey, right? You know, just like fading from one into the other, and like the eyes are lined up and the nose is maybe lined up, and pictures fading from their parents, uh, from John Benet Ramsey, John Benet Ram, the Ramseys is two pictures of Katy Perry's parents and like how they look similar too. That's mostly the evidence. The only but wait, other- what's the why would the parents similar? Are they are they why are the parents similarities? Well, are they saying John Benet Ramsey's parents that we've seen in the news and stuff aren't her parents? No, they are her parents, and they're also Katy Perry's parents. I think the theory is that they like faked her death. It's weird. Let me get back to this because let me just let me just before we move on, put on the last piece of evidence on the table, which is pretty minor, which is in one of Katy Perry's books. She writes, "Not that I was one of those stage kids. There was no John Benet Ramsey inside of me waiting to get out." So like, ha, well, it's, yeah. it's just like secretly messaging us <laughs> through that quote. So look, I think... But wait, she actively said no. That's just like, she said I wasn't, John. <laughs> it's so well, funny. I was like, why'd she bring it up? Yeah, I know, yeah. It's just like she doth protest too much. So this is actually the thing I kind of can't It sucks because like, she just never should have mentioned... If she had never said, by the way, I'm not John Bonet Ramsey, we wouldn't even be talking about this. <laughs> so the, the thing I actually can't figure out, and I did watch this video, is exactly what the charge is here. The uh, person who made the video says something about how they sacrificed their daughter to like launch this other career for this woman and for Katy Perry and there's this idea that like they somehow use the John Bonet Ramsey death to like I don't know to turn transform to they faked her own death and like hid for a few years to transform her into a pop star hid her hid her oh, sorry, go, go ahead yeah so the parents were involved and like put her like they hid her and they wanted to like relaunch her career and I can't quite figure out Let's pretend for a moment this is true. Okay. Like, I can't actually figure out, like, what they are accusing the Ramses of. Like, so faking s- their daughter's death in an extraordinarily national public way, where, the, where it's, yeah. like, national news every single night. Like, why? Like, Katie, like, nothing about <laughs> Katy Perry's 
ascendancy, like, yeah. yeah, is born in any way out of JonBenet Ramsey's career. So I, I actually, so this is like pretty, like a lot of people pick this up because it's so, it's so crazy and so outlandish that like a lot of people, uh, a lot of news outlets actually like wrote about this theory, but it all really goes back to this one guy with this one uh, extremely unconvincing video. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, to me, it's almost more like she, a more believable version of this theory is that she was almost killed, let's say by her parents or something, and she survived this trauma and was actually went into hiding from the parents for 20 years and now emerged as Katy Perry. The connection being that both John Bonet and Katy Perry are were performers. Right. Like I guess you can see someone like had John Bonet not been tragically murdered, um, you could see her growing up and being a pop star because she was already performing on stage. Um, so that tracks. <laughs> that that tidies that one up. Yeah. The video is has over 2 million views. So this is not like... I mean, it is a crazy person, but it's like uh, not... He's being listened to anyway. Yeah. Um, there's a quote in the video where he's the parents look similar and he's like, sh- sh- like comparing their eyebrows and he says, you're born with your eyebrows. They're very close, very close indeed, aren't they? As you know, this whole entertainment industry is just a charade. You really don't know the truth. What? It's it's just like <laughs> it's so broad. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah, That's it's like, the, hey, you're bored with your eye. Everyone knows. Are you? Bo- bo- is that true? No, you can like sh- trim your eyebrows. Yeah, you can like you can do things to your eyebrows or hair. <laughs> wow, Jeff, drinking the Kool Aid. I, I, yeah, you know, and I think you know what it is. I feel like because it's because it's unsolved. Mm-hmm. It is like a lot of these things. I think sort of a, it's a Rorschach test for anyone to project their own right. thoughts or wishes. Or if you're obsessed with Katy Perry, John Bonet is about Katy Perry. If you're obsessed with government mind control, government mind control. If you're obsessed with parents who kill their kids or something, it's that. You know, there's so. I mean, I think John Bonet. There's been there's so many. I don't really know all of them, but just watching this documentary, I've heard like two or three of them. Some people think it was the parents. Some people think it was um, the brother. Some people think it was these burglars or whatever. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's not two quick pieces. In case you have any doubt in your mind whether this happened or not, two quick two other pieces of evidence I want to put out there. One yeah. is John Bonet Ramsey's mom passed away in 2006, and mm-hmm. Katy Perry's mom is still around. And two is that. Um, the math just doesn't work out. Katy Perry is six year, was born six years before John Bonet Ramsey. You know, maybe she's lying about that and she's six years younger <laughs> than she says, but like, come on, people. You know, like, it just, it's just like the math just simply does not check. So, who are Katy Perry's parents that we see on the news and stuff? They are John Bonet's Ram, Ram, I guess they're John Bonet Ramsey's parents too. They've, but John, do John Bonet Ramsey's appear on the news anymore? God, I hope not. I hope someone's leaving these poor people alone. Uh, well, the mother's passed away, obviously. Right, but, like, but the father, the father, yeah, the was father. Was he in the documentary? He was in the documentary, yeah. So I don't know. I actually don't know if the video is implying that, like, Katy Perry's father, who I think is featured in, like, the Katy Perry movie, like, he's out there. I'm sure, like, if we looked online, we could find a picture of him. If they're saying he, like, I don't know, puts on a pair of overalls and then, like, goes into another set, <laughs> dusts up his eyebrows, a bit, <laughs> goes, goes and pretends to be... Um, who is... Uh- did this guy do like analysis of her songs and her no, videos? Where no. it's like, hey, it's just the fo- it's just the photos. What are her songs even? I mean, I don't Fight know. Song? Firework, roar, firework, baby, you're a fire. Let's let's game this out, baby, you're a firework. Yeah, it's, you know, baby, 
She John well, Bonet was a baby. Her songs are pretty straight. Her songs, which I I kind of like, some of them are uh, not really. Didn't Hillary, is fight song Katy Perry? I don't know. They they don't really. Hillary used that for her campaign. Just saying. Katy Perry was at politics. She was at the Democratic National Convention. I recall. Oh my God, this goes deeper than we possibly <laughs> imagined. Yeah, Katy Perry's uh, songs, which are great. Don't necessarily lend themselves to like deeper analysis. Like California Girls, it's like pretty straightforward. Like I don't know if there's like a sep- I don't know if there's like another layer to that song of hidden meaning, which it, I don't think there needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just think you're not looking hard enough. You're not looking hard enough, and or and or uh, and or molding it to fit your worldview. All right, what kind of conspiracy theorist are you? I don't want to give this guy. Mu- I don't want to give this guy much more time. I think we should move on to no. uh, our next one, which. Is actually a little. Now we're getting into some really deep. There are there is a lot of evidence about the next wow. one that I'm excited to lay out for you. <laughs> John Bonet's was in hiding for ten years. It wasn't deep. So this next one is the theory uh, that Louis Tomlinson of the boy band One Direction uh, is John Bonet Ramsey has a fake uh, baby. He recently became a father. This theory says maybe he didn't. Uh, he is so some background here I you know I'm vaguely familiar with One Direction but Zane was kind of the only member of One Direction I knew by name like whenever I needed to make a One Direction joke I would always say something about Zane it was like my go to One Direction Good specific name. yeah so I didn't know much about Louis uh, but yeah. Louis is a member <laughs> he really got he really had the crappy uh, last pick in names you know, for the boy band it's L-O-L-U- Sorry, L O U I S, and I had to look up online if it was Lewis or Louis before, mm-hmm. like we recorded this podcast. Because if I said Lewis Tomlinson, like oh, oh boy, yeah, the, the wonders, <laughs> the army, the One Direction army. What are their names? Don't, 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 don't. There's a uh, Harry, I think. No, the name of the fans, aren't they? Oh, like, like Directioners or something. I don't know. Whatever. What, sorry. Anyway, so look, they're they're pretty young. Uh, Louis Tomlinson is 23, maybe 24 years old. Um, I need a baby with a woman named Brianna Jungworth. And almost everything I'm going to read you here comes from a BuzzFeed post by Ellie Woodward. Ellie, I used to work at BuzzFeed, but I never, I don't know Ellie. But Ellie, if you're out there, if you're listening, thank you so much uh, for collecting all of this evidence. Like, I can't even imagine, like, going to the primary sources on this. Like, this was what BuzzFeed does really well, which is, like, just collecting something that's going out, uh, something that's happening on the internet that's widespread and collecting it and putting it all in one place and making it digestible. But the, okay, but the, but the, the baby, Louis having a baby is, like, Real news reported. Yes. That, that really happened. Yes. So Quote, me, unquote, really happened. Yeah. So Louis did have a baby. Like He posts pictures of it on his Instagram, which we'll get back to. All right, let me walk you through this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jeff's already exhausted. <laughs> first piece of evidence, uh, Brianna's... So Louis was photographed with Brianna. Like Their first date is documented by the paparazzi. It's out there. Her Twitter account was created just two days before they were first photographed together. And that is just two months before the baby is born. So I'm establishing a timeline here. That's a little suspicious. Yeah, Louis, uh, she, she is seen with Louis. Two days earlier, her Twitter account was created. Two months later, she's pregnant. Uh, one month later, they were at a show, and there's this footage, and this is probably, this might be my favorite theory we discussed today, because this goes beyond, like, this isn't just a secret, this is like, there's some Paula's dead secret messages that are, like, being yeah. encoded into now the lyrics. Yeah, now we're talking. Yeah, so one month later, they're at a concert, she's not pregnant yet, but there's footage of this, and uh, Louis, th- I don't know what the circumstance was, because I just saw a gif, but uh, Louis throws a baby doll off the stage, 
And One Direction shows are crazy. Look, lots of problems. <laughs> and he says, it's not real. It is not real. Whoa. The pregnancy has not been announced yet. He's probably, potentially he's just talking about how he's not really throwing a baby in that moment. But just keep that in mind as we pile up our, our evidence here. Why was there a baby on the stage? A baby know, doll maybe, on the stage? I, I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. The gifts are really good, but like I couldn't actually find... Are One Direction concerts are like more like Fellini films than I realize, <laughs> where there's like fake baby dolls well, being thrown around? I have around? to assume there's like props because like they're. I have to assume there's a lot of show and there's like props and special. But the idea is uh, whatever the reason that he did it in the context of the show is a is a fraud, and he was actually saying yeah. He the interpretation saying, is the baby that will be announced shortly is not real. Yes. So one month later, they announced the pregnancy, which it is noted um, by this. A wonderful collection of facts, <laughs> fact, uh, is that she announced the pregnancy, and then based on when she was born, she actually announced that pregnancy before uh, the traditional safe period to announce a pregnancy. You know, you traditionally want to wait, I think, maybe 12 weeks. I don't know exactly. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, there's a traditionally a period. You don't want to announce it before that. Right. Um, she announced it before that, publicly, like via PR, they announced it. So that's a little suspicious. Okay. Now Louis has the baby. This is a long one. This is a buckle up. <laughs> Louis, now Louis, we didn't even have the baby, and now he's got the baby. And there are some suspicious tweets. Uh, Louis says, I'm, tweets, I'm pleased to say my baby son was born yesterday. He is happy and pretty amazing. Smiley face, I'm very happy, exclamation point, exclamation point. Pat, you know Louis Tomlinson's tweets very well. What's unusual about that? Uh, That's right. Usually... He has a space before an exclamation point, like in this tweet, up early for the Leicester game. Space usually, exclamation point? Yeah, usually in all his tweets, uses exclamation points, but puts a space before them. Not in this baby Whoa. tweet. Let's go, who, who wrote this one? But that's the right way to do it. He's been doing it wrong. You don't put a space between a word and an exclamation point. Brianna, look, I'm going to present the facts. You draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Brianna Instagrammed a picture of the baby with the date 12116. Louis' tweet was on the 23rd and says yesterday. So the to- like the, her Instagram timeline and his tweet timeline don't perfectly Ooh, line up. Okay, okay. Now here's where it gets crazy. Here's where it gets good. I'm not going to lie. I'm getting convinced here. Uh, a supposed friend of Brianna on Twitter shared a picture supposedly sent to her by Brianna. So Brianna sent this friend on Twitter a picture. Oh, this is fun. Uh, so Brianna sent the, pic- uh, the friend a picture. She posted it, said, I'm so excited for my friend Brianna. People found it because they're crazy and they follow Brianna and Brianna's friends, I guess. And that picture looks like a picture posted by a completely unrelated lifestyle blogger uh, named Amber something. And uh, this is there's going to be a few examples of this. I'm going to show Pat the pictures here. Obviously, I can't show them to you uh, over the podcast, but I would encourage you to look up this BuzzFeed article, which is called one moment. There's a wild conspiracy theory that Louis Tomlinson's baby is fake. Uh, you can see, you can find all this. All right, wait. So this is a these, this is an Instagram photo posted from the account of the mother of the alleged mother, right? <laughs> yes. But the theory is that this photo looks like it was taken by someone else. It looks like a post of the exact photo that was already posted by a different, completely unrelated to One Direction lifestyle blogger. So like the the uh, accusation here is that. She stole the picture. Like, she is... If she even exists. Yeah, she's... No, I think this woman exists, but I think these baby photos might be fake. And I think the accusation here is that she took this other woman who kind of looks like hers, baby, you know, post-baby photos, and is passing them off as her own. So, let me make sure I'm getting this right. Here is the 
original lifestyle blogger picture. Pat, you can see there's a pretty blonde lady with a baby. Mm-hmm. Very pretty, even though she just had a baby. You know, looking great. And here is uh, the picture that Amber posted. What do you see? Pretty similar looking. What are you seeing, Pat? Talking about for the podcast. Okay, first. sorry. Uh, which? Okay, I'm looking at the first one here. The first. Oh shoot. So this this is this is the one posted by. Yeah, that's the lifestyle blogger. You can see her face a little better. Right. She's kissing the baby on the head. I'm. I'm. What, and, what and, I'm doing is looking at the, her like her gown and what and some right. and the baby's like uh, swathing blanket or whatever. And it should note. So in the lifestyle blogger's picture, you can see her face, but in the other one, it's just kind of like the hair is turning is looking at the baby and you can't see the mother's face it looks like the same they're wearing the same like um gown like but the like, pattern in the gown is the same it's a hospital gown like, it's, like they probably sell i'm just playing devil's advocate here like the, <laughs> the company that makes those gowns probably distributes like a million of those like mother hospital gowns to like every hospital in the country like there's probably one company that makes all those right maybe potentially all right so <laughs> give, give me the computer back sorry i wasn't narrating those well i mean i think they do look pretty similar um but you're right i mean there's no like they look sim- kind of similar, yeah. All right, so the p- but pictures... But her face is not shown, so it's impossible to tell. Right, right, right. So there's pictures of her leaving the hospital that were scrutinized because she's just walking out of the hospital, not in a wheelchair. And there's like a lot of like internet comments where it's like, I work at a hospital, and you're not allowed to leave unless you're in a wheelchair, and like uh-huh. stuff like that, which uh-huh. I think is true. I, most times I've seen people leaving a hospital is in a wheelchair. I don't know. But that said, like, maybe she's... I don't know exactly when this photo was taken with yeah. respect to her leaving the hospital, obviously. And now we come to the first photo of Louie with the baby. It is a black and white photo. Very <laughs> unusual for Louie's feed. I, That's clearly a mannequin <laughs> and not Louie. Um, and people, this is a quote from the BuzzFeed article, people set about experimenting with the levels on Photoshop to argue whether the baby had been superimposed on the photo because it appears Louie isn't touching it. And this is like some grade A conspiracy, like Mel Gibson in conspiracy theory horseshit, where there's like the picture of the baby <laughs> and like all these colored circles around it, like identifying different problem areas of the photo. Yeah, the person also just used some like crappy contrast filter as though it's like, I guess, highlighting things better. Like this person, th- like it's supposed to be a. It's just really. It looks just like a like a MacBook like fun effect filter. Yeah, so he's trying to maybe. I think maybe the guy just thought it made the photo look more authentically like be an an analysis or whatever. Well, I guess he's turned up the contrast a little and played with the levels. Maybe I'm not exactly a Photoshop wizard here, so I may be getting my, like, my terminology wrong. I mean, this person is not a Photoshop wizard either. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yeah, like the the circle. So. He's played with the levels to ultimately turn up the contrast, and you can see where the baby's face ends a little better, I guess, potentially, if I'm reading this person's... What's the pink circle on his eyebrow? But then he, it all comes back to eyebrows. <laughs> but then he's got... But this. But he does destroy his credibility because the circles he drew look like Microsoft Paint circles. Like yeah, really. Yeah. Wait, do you know the, the why the eyebrow is circled? Like, I don't understand. I guess uh, I don't understand any of it. I yeah. don't like... Okay, so let me... Uh, I don't. But if I pull it up, there's like uh the descriptions of it. Let me let me do that. Here, keep talking for a minute while I, while I pull it up. You know, I gotta say, I mean, that Photoshop is pretty terrible. Um, but some of the timeline stuff, I mean, that's like you know that. I will say of the ones that are almost certainly not true, this one, there's some research that. I mean, starting your Twitter account two days before, but I guess if I was dating, if I was about to have a baby and it went with a high-profile sort of celebrity and I really wanted to increase my public profile, maybe I would start a Twitter account. 
Yeah. Sometimes people start Twitter accounts just when they get a dog or have a baby just to like take photos, to save and, and share photos of their babies or their dogs. I would say none of this evidence in and of its own is particularly compelling. But as I'm sitting here going through it and there's more to come, I am struck by, I do like this one just because of the amount, like the Katy Perry one is like basically a picture of Katy Perry fading into JonBenet <laughs> Ramsey. And it's like, see, see, like really? I like kind of the, these, these One Direction fans, they really went for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. They followed their crazy logic. All right, let me get, let me see... I'm skipping parts too that I thought were like less compelling or would be boring on the radio. Like, okay, so what's the what's what? Who benefits from this? What's the reason to do this? Doesn't it actually hurt when when boy bands have like like having a baby? Isn't that like kind of mean? Like, sorry, boys, she's taken. Like, in, remember, in, my understanding is that it's more it's more common for relationships to be hidden. If you're in a boy band, that's a good question. So, so like teenage girls can who fantasize. Stood to profit? Yeah, who benefits? Follow the money. Follow the All what? Right. How does it benefit having a baby? So I got. I now have the text that was posted with the person who do the did the picture with the circles. Obviously, you can't get the full effect like without the circles in front of you. You could pull up the article on your phone or whatever. But I'm telling you, if you're looking at the picture, it's not much more compelling. Here we go. <laughs> I'm a photographer. I went to college for photography, and this is what I do for a living. That being said, I knew something was off the second I saw these pictures. It is unbelievable to me that anyone in college who went to college, like, I assume this was mostly 13-year-olds pulling this apart, you know, and, like, uh, us doing it later. Like, right. Um, this is the original photo that Jay posted. Unfortunately, because this isn't the original copy of the image, I couldn't simply check the embedded metadata. As soon as she put it on Twitter and filtered in the, it, the metadata rewrote itself because there was a newly sourced image. Boring. So this is the one Jay posted. Almost identical to the Louis pick at first glance. But right off the bat, I knew this one was altered. You can already see the positioning on the baby's head is off in proportion to, the, to Louis's chin is way off. The positioning of the baby's head in proportion to Louis's chin is way off. Excuse me. All caps. Next two, next two sentences, all caps. <laughs> Look at what happens when you brighten it. Look at the pixelation. Look at the difference in quality. Look at the fact the baby isn't even touching him. Okay, now this is important. We're back to regular capitals. <laughs> when talking pictures with any camera, the lens has an aperture. I can confirm that's true. Whenever manually set or automatically by the camera, it has one. That's the depth of view things will be in focus. If the person taking the picture didn't focus it correctly, it's just fo it'll just focus on one single part of something, even if it's in the same level as other things that end up blurry. However... Here we have, this is why I didn't want to read this originally. I was like, I shouldn't read this. But then you asked me, I was like, okay, let's go back and read it. I'm now questioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, however, here we have in the, but now we're getting like, just so you know, this is what the theory is about. However, here we have in the focus sections in red and the blurred softer sections in blue. If the lens had an aperture malfunction, only one thing such as Louis's nose would be in complete focus. I mean, this goes on. Do you want me to keep going here? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> okay. I mean, let's, well, let's, unless there's some really smoking gun at the end of it or something. Like, does I'm assuming he just continues yeah, yeah, yeah. You, to you get, parse the like technical difficulties. Yeah. Like, uh, so I mean, wait, there's, there's a little more. There's a little more. Uh, okay. So there's pictures. Some of his tattoos are invisible. People think there's some of his tattoos should maybe be visible in that picture because he has a lot of tattoos all over his body. And there's a second picture of him with the baby. That was the first picture he posed with the, him with the baby. In the second picture of him with the baby, his hair has is gotten shorter. His hair is like not as long as it should be. Um, in fact, something. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a good quote. In fact, some fans think the decision to have Louis uh, shirtless in every photo is a deliberate attempt to prove it is Louis 
is a del- wait is a deliberate <laughs> attempt to prove it is Louis because of his tattoos. So he's shirtless in these photos, and they say he's doing that intentionally to like make it clear it's him because like people are going to doubt it. That's so see that's that is just such, that is like the John Bonet saying she didn't do it. She's not. I mean, that's like I'm, I'm coming down the home stretch here. Also, the person of his the head of his PR agency had twins. Uh, around the time the baby was born, uh-huh. and the twins look exactly like the baby. There's okay. pictures of the twins next. To, I okay. could pull it up, but it's like, yeah, it's like they're both babies. So Got it. photo. What, so then, why make the Photoshop if you have a baby on on standby for him to hold? Well, there is another theory, not that it's some stolen twin, uh, but that the baby is actually a doll, and that its hands are the same in every picture, its eyes are closed in every picture, and there, someone posted a picture of its feet. And someone's like... It's the baby from American Sniper. Someone's like, yeah, no two-month-old is able to splay their toes like this. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I wanna, let's get a pediatrician in here. So that is the evidence. I think, potentially... Uh, you didn't, I think maybe our... I think you, 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 you meant to do air quotes on evidence, right? Look, so there is a lot of it. Some of it possibly a little fishy. Some of it a little crazy. I suspect... Here's, my, here's Jeff's personal theory about what's going on here. <laughs> is He's a 23-year-old band, uh, boy band member. He knocked up a girl, a 23-year-old girl he met two months ago. And, like, if I don't mean to judge people and how they want to live their lives if they love each other and they're having this... They love this baby. Like, God bless them. Whatever. But um, I potentially... I can imagine when this happens, like, yeah, the PR machine kicks in and, like, the millions of dollars, like, at stake about, like, I don't know, his availability or whatever. There's, like, a machine around that, you know? And they, yeah, someone photoshopped the picture he posted with his babies. They photoshop every picture he posts on Instagram. Like, it's going through this, like, carefully filtered machine. And that is making it, that is giving off a little funkiness, but it's hard to imagine that it's the, one, he sold someone's twin, you make a great point. Like all these things, with a lot with this one and the last one, you can basically blow them up just by being like, "Why would anyone do that? Yeah, why, who? Why?" <laughs> and um, so I think potentially just some, uh, so just a little bit of chicanery around PR, around controlling the PR story, both with the new relationship and the baby. But hard for me to imagine that any of this is more nefarious than that. What yeah, do you think? I, it is, it's, I think that it is no conspiracy. Like, I wish it was that. I, it, I think your theory is more correct and also almost more horrifying where it's like, no, he didn't fake having a baby. It's just every part of his life is micromanaged. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is, it's almost the opposite of like, it's not Occam's razor. It's just like a much more, a much bigger and sadder reality. Case closed no. on that one. It's gotta suck being that kid and being like, no one believes you're real. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just listened to uh, what's his name, David Crosby on WTF, and he was talking about how he is he a is he a One Direction truther? <laughs> yeah, I always, the I always suspected. Uh, Crosby from Crosby, Stills and Nash, of course, was like one of the premier musicians of the '60s. You know, mm-hmm. played Woodstock and all this stuff. And like, he had a lot of kids when he was younger. He like kept using the phrase like, I had a lot of fun when he was younger. And like, he had a lot of kids. He didn't uh, somebody he didn't know about or whatever. But now he's met them, and they're older, and he has these healthy relationships with them, and maybe it'll be, you know, similar for um, Louis, who, by all accounts, I guess, is still with this woman. I don't think they're married, from what I can gather. They're living in sin. I don't give a shit. That's fine. I don't, I, I'm trying very hard not to, like, judge Pete, to judge anyone's life decisions and be like, this is, what they did is bad. I'm just saying that, like, I can see the PR machine kicking in. You know what? I assume that... This is, you know, a lot of conspiracy theories are people because people want to explain away yeah. realities that they're not comfortable with. The fans, 
going back to like yeah, the fans wanting yeah. to imagine themselves dating and having their own baby with Harry or Louis, Louis um, are created this because they're like, oh, he, don't, don't worry, ladies. He's still single. Yeah. He doesn't have a baby. It's you still have a sim- chance. Very simple to explain. Yeah. <laughs> you could just see a poor, like, you could just see like a 13 year old girl just being like, no, no, he doesn't have a baby. He's still single. Yeah. And drawing and creating this map. It's just that that is how a lot of these conspiracy theories kind of, whether they're about babies or, or uh, what was the other one we talked about? <laughs> JonBenet Ramsey. JonBenet Ramsey. Or any of them. Well, our next case... <laughs> I think this one does... I, I do think that one... Why I, I don't think it's any more believable than the John Bidet one, for example. I do think there's a, a more impressive, by conspiracy theory le- standards, level of effort put into it. Definitely, definitely. Uh, our next case in the uh, Ruben Castle's files has to also deal with uh, maternity and babies. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, you know, we did an episode of this show once about 4chan. We do we, with uh we had uh, we talked about 4chan. There was yeah, an Taylor episode. Swift is a member of 4chan was the theory, I believe. <laughs> but I was nervous when we did that episode that like, I don't know. And I I we're, we're I'm cool with 4chan. 4chan's down, but I was like, are they going to like DDoS my podcast or something and just like ruin my life uh because we're talking and I've I've never felt that before or since until this one because we now have to talk about Beyonce, and I'm a little oh, afraid, yeah. I'm a little worried to like tread into saying bad things about Beyonce because I feel like just like 4chan, like she can like right, she has an argument. Right. Well, what, yeah, it's the beehive, the beehive, the beehive, the beehive. Well, yeah. Well, let's. You know what? Sometimes the truth you gotta make, <laughs> you gotta put yourself out Look, there. Look, I'm a journalist, so <laughs> uh, this theory is that Beyonce did not carry. Her daughter, Blue Ivy. Hmm. Beyonce did not carry Blue Ivy. But uh, she, but, okay, go on. So, this one actually has... Where's this from? Oh, good question. Uh, most of this I pulled from a Gawker article by Gabrielle Bluestone. hmm And a lot, but she's So, not, dox her. <laughs> she's not the only person uh, talking about this. Um, there's all, this is pretty widely covered online, and uh, we'll, I'll, you'll see how in a second. Uh, so, you know, reading this reminded me that Beyonce very dramatically revealed her baby bump at the MTV Movie Awards or Video Awards or whatever, Video Awards according to my notes, uh, one year. And mm-hmm. I don't even watch the Video Music Awards, but I, I still have a vague recollection of that. That was a big moment when she yeah. like was like on stage. And she actually talked a little later about how um, it was important to her how how it was revealed of course like beyonce's very um uh, in control and is like you know like nothing's an accident like she is in charge of her songs and her videos and like her life and her fashion and all these things it's like all very controlled and like the baby announcement um was sort of a piece of that and like she thought long and hard about how to reveal it and she did right. it in this dramatic way that even though i didn't watch it live like still remember it as if i did so i guess it kind of worked um and but uh, she made a few conflicting statements about the due dates. I guess kind of like, that's a little bit like the Louis Tomlinson. There were just a few statements about the due dates that don't line up, whatever. Uh, she appears not to be pregnant in the video for Party? Party? I can't say it except sounding like that. Uh, which was shot before the VMA baby bump reveal. So she shot this music video before that, but she looks less pregnant in this music video for Party. But she shot it before, before the, the music video awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like immediately before, or well, she would be less pregnant in, beforehand, right? Hmm. <laughs> yes, but she appears not to be pregnant. I would say. Okay. 
she also appears not to be pregnant. There's like some bikini pictures of her after the VMAs where she does looks where she looks less pregnant as would be unexpected. And then this is the big one, and then this is probably the thing you're most going to be missing visual support for. This is a picture. This is like the Zapruder film of Beyonce is not pregnant. Uh This is widely replicated image online of Beyonce sitting down on maybe Oprah or maybe an Australian show. I'm not sure actually where it's from. Um, But she's sitting down, and let me read you, and then I'll show you the pictures. Uh, Here's a mommy blogger that was quoted by Gawker. In my experience, pregnant women assume seats slowly and lean back as they ease into the chair to secure a good landing. Generally, they do not lean forward with their big bellies straining their backs. So it's both the way she sits in this video, which is broken down into a film strip of four images, as well as the fact that the bump itself sort of seems, and this could be a trick of shadows or something, sort of seems to be deflating. In the, over this series of four images. So that's Beyonce sitting on a talk show. And one, she's sitting in a way that is unlike how pregnant women reportedly sit. And so it deflated. Yeah, sorry. But it, yeah, the second one does look kind of... But then like, I mean, that's not like... If it deflated, then certainly when she got up after the interview, there would just be a empty balloon type thing under her dress as opposed to... Yeah, it's hard to imagine that she... Um, if she is faking a pregnancy, that she just like inf- like Jay Z's inflating a balloon backstage, <laughs> and then they're like just putting it on- under a big shirt. And like, I love that Jay Z is doing it. Yo, hold on. So hold on. <laughs> that I mean, it does look in those photos like it's deflating a little bit. I can't. T- I, if you showed those to me and were like, "What do you see in those images?" I can't tell you. I'd be like, "Oh, this woman's obviously not pregnant." But if you point my attention at it maybe i would say certainly far from conclusively just because like they're poor quality images they're shadows and yeah, all i'm, sorts really, of weird I'm stuff. never convinced by like photo analysis stuff especially when it's like light and shadows i just don't think that i don't know like is there an exa- is there a, is there an example where like a, a photo like a doctored photo I, I mean i never i just it never really it's like reading tea leaves yeah yeah that's fair but but what and so what the the, the idea here is that what is the idea that she um didn't want to like halt her career or something that would that would come with so, having her own carrying uh, her own baby. There's a few. This one actually does provide a few motives. One is potentially she had a fertility problem. Potentially there was a vanity issue where she didn't want to be you know ruin her body I guess or something. Yeah, yeah. I potentially is a potential. Like I don't think there's anything in her behavior that leads to that, but like one could imagine. Uh, perhaps she was an image conscious wife who wanted to raise JG's illegitimate child rather than get divorced. And I believe this is written before they kind of aired their marital, marital difficulties in Lemonade. So, right, of course. And there's another theory, and I'm quoting here, that Blue Ivy is neither Beyonce's daughters nor Jay-Z's, but rather the offspring of Beyonce's philandering father, Matthew Knowles, secretly adopted by the Carters. The Carters being Beyonce yeah. and Jay Z. Yeah, which is funny. I guess I've never heard them referred to as the Carters. I know, before. yeah. <laughs> Who's this nerd that wrote this article? <laughs> um, so, the, uh, there's just a little bit more evidence. One is, uh, and this is something else I recall, even though I assure you I was not following the Beyonce. I sound like someone who was following the Beyonce pregnancy story very closely, but it was just like, it was out there while this was happening. Uh, her and Jay Z bought, uh, bought out the floor of a hospital when she had the baby. Do you remember that? No. Yeah, well, they had the baby, which was in New York. They bought, I do remember this happening. They bought out the floor, and I think it was sort of controversial because, like, what does that mean to buy out a floor of a hospital, even? Does that, like, what does <laughs> that even imply? kicked out a couple of <laughs> dying I, people. But I guess, yeah, I guess that, like, 
But I do remember them taking over the floor, and there was like a minor controversy about it. And I guess you, if you're faking the pregnancy or something, you might need more room for all your people or something. Uh, it's just sort of suspicious if you're already believing this. And then, but then this is this is the thing that actually maybe the most solid piece of evidence. There's not really a ton of pictures of Beyonce, pregnant Beyonce. But I think that was that was very deliberate. I think that was because then I, I think that is goes back to because I think the first time they you saw Blue Ivy was I think Tumblr they very famously like like started a Tumblr blog like yeah. they doled out the photos in a very yeah. controlled way yeah that's like fair. I think and I think it was for charity like I, I, and also when celebrities have. Baby, I, didn't, I think I just learned. I mean, I didn't know that. I'm sure anyone who like reads gossip mags and knows the industry inside out, like wedding photos and baby photos, are often when they're released to the public. If yeah. you want to do that, um, sometimes celebrities will like choose to sell them to a magazine or maybe right. maybe sell them and put the money to charity. Or I think in their case, they it was a, they did it for free on Tumblr. And then, and then the first video footage was either in Lemonade or in, well, we're uh, in that, that documentary. Actually. Right, right, right. We're going to talk about that documentary. Uh, I would say, yes, it is. Uh, it does strike me as a little odd that there's no pictures of a very pregnant Beyonce, just because that would be an amazing... Like, seeing Beyonce like with like a big old tummy, it would be like that, amazing. And the Oprah thing, she had a big old tummy. So, or a balloon. <laughs> and also, they point out that like she has a line of maternity clothes. Like It seem, it does seem odd that like she's having this glorious publicized pregnancy and like has no photos has no like uh-huh uh-huh i look no maybe, no man also i'm repeating what i read in this article maybe there's like a hundred good pictures of that and like the author never saw them or something right <laughs> so but here is the other thing about this one is that this is probably the only one on this list i think that the subject actually uh tackled head-on in her 2013 special life is but a dream which I've never seen. I think it's possibly what you were just referring to. There are pictures of her pregnant in that, but they're not really like, and I'll pull them up for you now. You can pull them up if you go to this Gawker article, which is called Beyonce and Gary Blue Ivy. Um, I think, I'm actually not sure that's what it's called, but if you Google Gawker in that, you'll find it. Um, so let me pull up these pictures of you. There are pictures of her in the documentary, sort of pregnant, but they're kind of obscured a little bit. Like, you could imagine, and I'll pull them up for you, like, they're, they could theoretically, I don't, <laughs> I've been recording this podcast with you for too long now, for 53 minutes. You could imagine they're faked. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not saying they are, I'm not saying they're not. I'll pull them up in a second. But she actually directly refutes this rumor in the documentary. She says, and I'm quoting Queen Bey herself here, this, there's a stupid rumor. It's actually the most ridiculous rumor I think I've ever had about me. But there are actually a lot of people that believe this rumor, and it's crazy. I guess there are some crazy celebrities in the world, so we get a bad rap. But um, to think that I would be to think that I would be that vain, and I respect mothers and women so much, and to be able to experience bringing a child into this world, if you're lucky and fortunate enough to get the opportunity, people should have boundaries. There's certain things that you just shouldn't play around with, and a child, you don't play around with that. So she, de- <laughs> so you're never gonna believe this. She denies it, but. Um, <laughs> She addresses it. Like, it's out there enough that she felt the need to address it in the documentary. Yeah, I didn't realize that. I just thought it was like a... Yeah, I didn't realize it's sort of... I bet... So, let me... I bet every celebrity pregnancy ever has had some conspiracy theory attached to it. Every high-profile celebrity pregnancy. So, now I am presenting Pat with the two photos of her pregnant that she uh, put in a montage in the documentary. And they're not, like, super pregnant pictures of her. You know, like, I would believe she's just inflating her stomach here or something. Which is not to say I believe this theory, because I don't. But I'm just saying, like... I think the upper one, she looks 
like she's close. To she term. looks pretty pregnant. Jay Z is behind her, holding her belly, and yeah, she looks pretty pregnant. I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm just passing on. So you are not convinced by this. People can't see this, so you, you give them your read. No, I guess the to- the bottom photo doesn't. Yeah, it looks like she's not super pregnant in the top one. Here's, but the top one more so. I don't know. Here's what the Gawker author is saying. And it's not a terrible point. If you are explicitly trying to prove that you were indeed pregnant, these are not two great photos. Like, if, if your point... But I guess the thing is that, like, I guess you wanted to address it, but it's hard to imagine she was like, we gotta make this documentary to shut down these rumors. I think like the last one we did, the, 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 the One Direction one, this is an example of people confusing the, the, the way in which celebrities like to curate and control how their personal lives are doled out, not unreasonably, to the mm-hmm. public and to the press, confusing that for something more nefarious, I right. think. Like, they're confusing. They're like, why would anyone choose to release their photos in or, or, or announce their pregnancy in such a controlled way? Well, because that's how Hollywood works. You know, that's how the industry works. Um, so I think to me, that's, that's the, <laughs> I think that's the, uh, that's, that's the thing yeah. here. That she denies it but doesn't present any hard evidence isn't really evidence against her in my mind. Like, I'm kind of surprised she even acknowledged it in the first place. Like, it is a little, it's actually very insulting, and I, I kind of feel bad. I don't know if it's just, like, this year, but, like, I, I feel like I might have less tolerance for conspiracy theories than I did four years ago when we recorded the first one, you know? Right. And Well, the kid, I don't, you know, once the kid's involved, you get yeah, yeah, more like, comfortable. Yeah, she, yeah, she's not wrong. Like, it is insulting. I mean, I'm sure there's worse things when said Blue about Ivy gets older... Do you think she'll go by Blue or Ivy? Like, if you met her, like, let's say you mm. just met her at a bar in, like, 20 years or 10 years, when, you know, when she's can start, when she's, like, old enough to just, like, just probably want to just have a, go by one of those two words in, in a casual setting, do you think she'll choose Blue or I guess Ivy's more, more of, a of a traditional name. Can you imagine, though, her being, like, 12 years old and, like, having a sleepover and like Jay-Z's like, all right, you got to go to bed. And she leaves and she's like, oh, sorry, my dad's so late. <laughs> you know, I was just like, ugh. Yeah, they're so. Like, I mean, Beyonce like walks in like her glamorous self with like peanut butter cookies for her friends, and she's like, "Mom." Yeah, they're so unbelievably famous that it's uh, in a way that other celebrities aren't. Yeah, that, and I think actually to tie this back to the point of the episode, like kind of the John Bonet thing, honestly, uh, it's they are so famous in such a cultural institution, or like the Beatles for that matter, that they at a certain point you become. Uh, a sort of vessel for anything America kind of wants to sort of work through or investigate. You know, I'm sure that there you could find a moon landing conspiracy yeah. that involves them. Obviously, the Illuminati thing is huge in there in their little like world. Um, in the world of like you know Beyonce conspiracy mongering, um, they're whatever you want to be, man. All right, we got two more. Let's move on. No more baby stuff. Those were probably the two biggest ones, though, so maybe we're going downhill now. Our next case involves Stevie Wonder. Steven Wonder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, American musician, singer. A lot of music ones this time. Yeah. Uh, songwriter, record producer, multi-instrumentalist. I'm, of course, reading his Wikipedia page now. <laughs> um, a child prodigy. He is considered to be one of the most critically and commercially successful music performers of the late 20th century. He has been blind shortly since shortly after birth. This conspiracy theory posits: What if he wasn't? Blind. What if conspiracy? The- <laughs> what if Stevie Wonder can see? This is also a pretty horrible one. 
Um, most of my research here came from a Deadspin article by Greg Howard, which completely alerted me to the existence of this in the first place. <laughs> um, first piece of evidence, probably the best piece of evidence, and I'm going to pull it up now. I'm going to show it to Pat. You can pull it up online yourself. Uh, is this clip of, uh, I don't know where they are. There's a few famous musicians. You know, they're jamming, they're playing or whatever. And let me turn the volume down. And, oh, and uh, so Paul McCartney, there's a few famous musicians. Uh, they're on PBS doing something. Paul McCartney Seinfeld's there runs, for some reason. Runs over, this? knocks his mic stand. Look what happens. Stevie Wonder catches the mic stand. Let's Whoa. watch that again. <laughs> so Paul, enhance, enhance, enhance. Paul McCartney's running by during like there's the credits. It says executive producer Paul McCartney. Um, Stevie Wonder is playing. Who? And, of course, Steve Wonder and Paul McCartney played together, uh, very famously. Well, I just can't believe that you think that's actually Paul McCartney. <laughs> as you know, <laughs> Paul McCart- as, we t- yeah. as we discussed in a previous installment of this, Paul McCartney is not... That's like the Rosetta Stone of all of these. Yeah. Um, so that is... First piece of evidence is just that video clip. I mean, you just watched it. Did I just Could you imagine it? being, like, such a conspiracy theorist? Like, how would you enjoy any... Like, if you saw some <laughs> amazing concert with Beyonce and Paul McCartney and Steve Wonder, you'd be like, that's not him. He's not Bly. She's a liar. He doesn't have a baby. Do you? But you just saw the clip. Did, did we describe it accurately? Steve, Paul McCartney does knock a mic stand. Yeah, over but it looks like maybe it. he like, uh, like like the stand could have been like. I feel like the stand could have was like rubbing against his arm. Maybe also, and to play devil's advocate here, um, which is just you know as we go through this, um, Stevie Wonder like behind a piano with like a mic stand around him like is probably more comfortable without being able to see is probably more comfortable than like yeah. anywhere you will ever be in your life. Like he's like, dare, is- he's like daredevil when he's like sitting at a right, like, piano. Like- he just know he can like just feel. I mean, I think it's also like and like if a mic sta- like if a mic stand fi- gets five knocked senses. over, he can catch it. Like that doesn't seem crazy to me. Um, well, so, yeah. There's also a, a question of how blind. Like, I mean, there's different types. Like, he's blind. Doesn't. Blind. Yeah, yeah, he's like I, just nothing but blackness. I, I guess I didn't research like it, but, but that is my understanding. Is yeah. he's been completely blind since before birth. And the reason is buried in my notes here somewhere. So, but sometimes you could still see like forms and shapes and light movement and stuff. But I think mostly you're just it's just like yeah, you just have like spice. As I understand it, Stevie Wonder is straight up blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like Ray Charles went blind, uh, as you may recall from the movie, when he was like a young man. He was like six or seven years old, so he had seen things. But yeah. uh, Stevie Wonder never had that. He went blind as a baby. So next piece of evidence uh, is a blog post from someone called the Hollaback Boy. They might be in a British band. I couldn't figure it out, to be honest. The, per- the person po- posing this theory is in a British band? No, the person in this blog post. Uh-huh. They say... Let me get through all this. They say, I watched an interview with Boyd George a few months back, and he reckons Stevie Wonder's not completely blind since Stevie Wonder once came over and playfully strangled him at a party once, and Boyd George was like, how could he know I was there if he's completely blind? And then Deadspin notes, the original source of this secondary account of the secondary source evidence can be found here, and we can assure you that we are reporters of the highest caliber, holding standards of source verification to be of the utmost importance. Be assured that of the accuracy of our th- be assured that the accuracy of our three times removed report as it tells exactly what Hollowback Boy claims to have seen George Boy Bo- Jesus sorry it uh, let me start to try that again be uh, be assured of the accuracy of our three times removed report as it tells exactly what Hollowback Boy claims to have seen Boy George tell an unknown interviewer about a drunken memory of his in which Stevie Wonder was definitely maybe able to use his eyes at the party they were at <laughs> open and shut. <laughs> <laughs> 
Which is funny. It's like Stevie wondered was uh, Boy George was drunk. He barely remembers. Like the person who saw it barely remembers. It's such a game of telephone at that. It's like point. the weirdest humble brag I've ever heard. Yeah, I love the Deadspin note on that. So I wanted to uh, give them credit and read the whole thing. Um, Stevie Wonder was said to have pulled pranks when he was a kid with no help. Pretty, uh-huh. pretty impressive if a, if a blind kid do And the, maybe this is the biggest prank of all. Um, he spends money on courtside basketball seats. Mm-hmm. Um, I say, I phrase it like that because that is how some of the conspiracy puts it. Like he, some of these theorists have put it. He spends money on courtside basketball seats. Like Stevie Wonder has infinite money. Like, yeah. Like, why would you not? Yeah. Like, also, you want to be seen stuff. Also, I'll say, I I can see, and I like sitting close. I, when I watch basketball, I might as well be blind because totally. I don't understand how it works, and yeah. I still like being close. Yeah, it's just that. I mean, look, we can discuss whether it makes sense that he goes to basketball games. I think it does, but the idea that like to you it would be an insane expense to buy courtside seats doesn't really affect Stevie Wonder he's like been super famous for like 50 years like he can afford courtside seats to like not use or whatever you know um yeah he probably just wants and also you like I maybe just want to sit next to Jack Nicholson yeah I thought and they also note he spends money on TVs it's like maybe listens to the news or something or like wants to you know wants to listen to MT or whatever I actually think this one is Pretty insulting because there's like well, again though who benefits is is the, is the idea that I it's, think the it's implication a is sell if he's, yeah I think know. like because Stevie Wonder uh, has been famous since he was a kid but he's just so prodigy. goddamn good <laughs> yeah and like I think the idea is that it was a gimmick when he was a I think the accusation is that when he was a kid there was this gimmick that he was blind and now he has to like live with it his whole life um, I think it's pretty insulting um, to be honest because there's sort of a, a subtext here of like. He why why does he go to courtside seats? He should just be sitting in a dark room by himself, being blind. <laughs> right, you know, right, like right. how what how come he's doing all these things? You know, like he, he can't enjoy it. He's blind. <laughs> it's based on the predication that people who don't have the ability to see <laughs> don't deserve just, to should, do fun yeah, things. They shouldn't even try. Like well, it's suspicious <laughs> if they do. Um, he wanted to be on Dancing with the Stars, and I should. Uh, there was a, an ESPN boy. Who is it? Uh. He's like a, he should anchor. not be on Dancing with the Stars because he's like too good for that. Like that's for like Rick Perry and like you know these like or Ryan Lochte or people who are like doing like career rehabilitation. Yeah, there's this ESPN anchor. I'll get his name. Or in a good second. dancers, or, or just want to have fun. There's I guess. an ESPN anchor who has been going on about this. Who like uh, you remember at the beginning when I said that like no one legitimately believes the George W. Bush Britney Spears one. Yeah. I think very few people don't believe this, but there are people that do, and one of them. No, is very this, few people do believe this. You're saying. Most people don't believe this. Yeah, most, I think this is like a fringe thing, just like yeah. the John Benet Ramsey one. It's like, there's like, honestly, like a few people who, who are true believers and then everyone else is just gawking. But um, I think there are true believers on this. And um, yeah, one of them, I watched this this video and they're like, if, you know, if he's better on dance, if he, if he can dance better than you and he's blind, like what's that say about you? And it's like, I'm sure, like he's one of the greatest musicians of all yeah, time. Totally. I'm like confident he's a better dancer <laughs> than me. Like I'd be... Amazed if Stevie. Wonder I'd be was more there. inclined to believe this if, it, it, on the predication of like it helped his career, music career, if his music was terrible, right? But because I'm like, okay, I guess it needs like. There's no way no, people are gonna like this music unless they think that it comes from someone that who's like you know disabled. Um, but his music's so good, like I don't need like I would not think it's, I, it's for so long too, for yeah. decades. Like he's had hits for decades, you know. Um, that's funny that an ESPN anchor uh, subscribes to this theory I'm gonna get the clip in a minute Um, because David Icke 
who is a very fa- very terrible person yeah. uh, and is insane conspiracy theorist. Uh, but one of the more one of the most famous ones, like he, a, like he, a chemtrails style conspiracy theorist. Yeah, I think he's uh, he think lizard people was yeah, he, he was people. I think he's maybe the most famous like lizard person proponent. Uh, he wrote a giant nonsensical book called like the Cons- lizard people conspiracy. Anyway, I think he was a, a sports announcer at soccer, uh. and he very famously came out one day like in this weird tracksuit and espoused his lizard theory and it's kind of been on a on that that bizarre journey ever since i gotta say we're kind of i'm on unfamiliar territory with this whole thing you know we're, we're talking about deadspin basketball games uh espn like it's a little too much sports in this conspiracy theory <laughs> for my taste um i bet we could do one about sports conspiracy conspiracy theories do you think there's sports conspiracy sports hard amir, to say sports to, conspiracy theories should email amir i bet he has a yeah I would, I would do that i would totally maybe that's Maybe Part that'll four. be the sequel. Yeah. That's a good, like, it's like uh, you do three, it's like you do uh, th- a three cool and the fourth one's like a spinoff. Yeah. Like, um, if anyone has sports conspiracy theories, I, I, I this is part I do remember from the first one. It's like Shrek one. 1, Shrek 2, Shrek 3, then Puss in Boots. <laughs> yeah. This will be Not our, Shrek 4. If anyone wants to help us make uh, Puss in Boots, uh, tweet... I always feel weird when I say this, but tweet conspiracy theories at us. Tweet, uh, <laughs> yeah, open up that Pandora's box. Uh, okay, so we're interested... Um, so yeah, this guy, he's like, he also points out that <laughs> this is not a great evidence. The consistency in Stevie Wonder's fashion, he says, some woman, same woman been picking out Stevie's clothes for 40 years. Is that what you're telling me? And it's like, I guess, yeah. Yeah, seems, seems <laughs> That's ex- he's, he's so rich. Yet somehow, <laughs> here's how he says, yet somehow Stevie has a There's a whole clear, industry of stylists. That's what he, Yeah, it seems not hard to imagine. Yet somehow Stevie has a clear picture in his mind of what his sense of style should be and pulls it off every time. Yeah, this one is super insulting. The this sense is like, of style may be flawed, but the execution and clarity of it is not. And it's like, okay, that's kind of a compliment, I, I think. I think this is, in a way, I think this is almost worse than the last two. Like, this is almost more insulting than the last two. He makes... This is really thin evidence. He makes visual references in his songs, despite the fact he supposedly went blind as a baby. And But he doesn't actually, like, explicitly mention any specific visual. He's just like, and you know his songs are visual. And I was like, are they? And I just, like, looked at the lyrics, like, isn't she lovely? And I was like, I guess, you know, like, in as much as any song is... And that's so, like... Contrary, the whole point of Stevie, of why Stevie, one of the greatest things about Stevie Wonder is this idea of like, doesn't he can't see, but like it's beautiful. That's that's why music and words (laughs) and poetry is beautiful. He's expressing emotions, and he's just using that as evidence. All right, so this final piece of evidence, I'm gonna pull up this clip. Um, Daryl Dawkins, NBA player, still on sports, NBA player Daryl Dawkins, who has a lot of nicknames. One of his famous nicknames is Chocolate Thunder, and that nickname was given to him by, you guessed it, Stevie Wonder. But how does he give him the nickname if he's never seen him? And here I'm going to pull up the clip. It's going to take a second. Um, And there's actually a clip on TMZ. So I read this, and I was like, oh, let me see if I can find the clip. And I found a clip on TMZ where, like, he's walking somewhere, and they ask him about it, and he says it, and he's kind of laughing. And he's like, and I thought, like, how how do you do that if he can't see me? And I was like... And, like, the cop, like, the text is, like, Daryl Dawkins says Stevie Wonder could see him. But then, like, the clip was, like, in good humor, and it really seemed like a joke. And I was like, it seems like they're, like, kind of misreading his uh-huh, intention here. Uh-huh. But then I found this clip uh, of him, Daryl Dawkins, saying it in, like, a completely different context. And uh, maybe maybe you can give me your thoughts on that as I pull this up. But I found another clip of him talking about it, and I was like, oh, I think this guy maybe really believes this. Um Hold on, let me... This is a basketball player? Or this is... This Daryl is... Dawkins is a basketball player, 
And what we're about to hear is him on ESPN. Oh, so this guy, I can't remember, I couldn't remember his name. Bomani? Let's see. Bomani Jones. So this guy's like on ESPN. Like this guy is not just making online videos. He is on ESPN talking about this. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, here he is on ESPN with Daryl Dawkins and another ESPN guy I don't know. He did this. He says, Chocolate Thunder. I said, if you can call me that, you've never seen me, I can be Chocolate Thunder until death do me part. I'm going to pause it for a moment. Uh, look at the, the – Bomani is the guy all the way on the, le- on the, <laughs> on the left here. Uh, on who, the, yeah. yeah, is the guy who does who's has the Stevie Wonder suspicions. Yeah, look at the face he is making as Daryl Dawkins tell this story. Like the chin stroke, like suspicion is like already <laughs> underway. He's just like coiling up, ready to spring here. But the guy in the middle just seems amused. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far, this is just a fun anecdote, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let's keep going. I didn't know you were chocolate, man. Like he just, he just like, like, how do you know that you were chocolate, man? So that's Bomani Jones saying, "How do you know you were chocolate, man?" Uh huh. So the first, the first clip made you think he just was kind of making a joke, but this well, one, he's actually kind of being inquisitive. Daryl Dawkins is kind. Of, so Bomani was not in the first clip. The first clip was just Daryl Dawkins like telling the story and laughing, which is kind of what he's doing here. Like it's kind of unclear to me that Daryl really thinks. Stevie can see things. Yeah. Let me let me just finish playing out this clip. Okay. Oh, he just Stevie knows. knows. Right? He, just mag- he just magically figures these things out. He just rubs well, up Well, Bonnie doesn't in. believe that well, Stevie's blind. I, I just have, have questions. And now you he's know what? Questions. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just, like, telling amazing stories of blind people doing amazing things. And if you go on YouTube, you can see clips of, like, blind people carving statues and blind people painting pictures and, like, doing these incredible things you would never think blind people can do. But, of course, they can do it because um, people are amazing and can do amazing things, right. you know? Um so, Especially but, if you're blind your whole life. But I mean. the tone of Bomani in that clip is so <laughs> serious and like so uh, like accused. He's like obviously very worked up. He he really believes it. He really believes it. I feel like the like these last two. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a lot of racism behind these things, where it's like. Uh, I think, believe it or not, I think the the world's a conspiracy theory and racism. Sometimes, yeah, diagram yeah, there's yeah, some yeah. crossover there, and. They just they want to find another excuse besides the fact that this person is just really good and talented for like their success. You know what I mean? Mm. So yeah, the, I mean I think it's I think every does not appear to be a racist white dude for what it's worth. What's that? Bomani does not appear to be a racist white dude for what it's worth. I don't no, know much but, like, about him. The person that's, cu- the person that's culling together all these things. Yeah, uh, there's I mean there's another quote in the video where Bomani talks about it and he's like. And I don't get why people are so mad when I talk about this. What, do you want Stevie to be blind? Like, are you wishing blindness upon him? Which is like, <laughs> now you're like, mad. now we're the assholes here? <laughs> you know, like, how did that happen? So, pretty skeptical of this one. Stevie Wonder, American Treasure. Yeah, I love Stevie Wonder. Any, anything else we have to, uh, do we, do, obviously we, we're not into this one either. This is a great, they should, they should make a super group of, of musicians who are at the center of conspiracy oh, theories. Paul because- McCartney, Stevie Wonder. It'd be a great ass band. Yeah, Britney Spears. I don't know. I don't know if she'd jive with it, but uh, she's. I mean, you know, say what you want about her. She was a. She was a force of nature. She still is. What am I talking about? Uh, okay, let's move on. Here's someone who's really going to top off the band and has worked with Michael Jackson and Steve and Stevie Wonder. Uh, wait, I said Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. I gave yeah, it away. Yeah. Uh, he had worked. He's with, worked with Stevie Wonder. He worked with Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder. Yes. His name is Michael Jackson, and I, he's the subject of this last theory. Yes, and this theory is that Michael Jackson wrote the music for the video game Sonic the Hedgehog 3. And this one has been around for a long time. This has actually been on our list of conspiracy theories to cover when we finally do this episode, the longest. 
Um, someone named Ben Mallison put together a great video where he like noted some similarities in the music. Maybe I'll play one of those. Uh, maybe I'll play one of those. That sounds like a good idea. Could you hear the last clip, Pat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me play one of those. Uh, this one is, I will say, I mean, of all of the ones, you know, not to sound like a broken record, I think all the previous ones. Oh, sorry. Take that again. Say, uh, not to sound like a broken record. Oh, I just think, that, uh, not, not that to sound like a broken record. Do it without me talking. Not to sound like a broken record, but obviously most of these previous ones, I don't, really think hold water this one is really interesting because i think i actually believe this one i think there's a lot of evidence there's a couple of really good well-researched articles about it i think it's um i don't think it's been sort of conclusively confirmed by sega yet um but people directly involved on both ends seem to have um certified that so it's and it's a really cool one so that's been kicking around for a while and um, you know, it, it might be hard to hear me playing it through this mic, but like, I assure you, if you go watch it, like people who are into music and like can actually dissect music have been like, yeah, there's some similarities here. And then in 2005, uh, someone from Sega confirmed to a forum user on the Sega forums. It's actually kind of worth mentioning here that, and I don't totally understand this, but Sonic the Hedgehog has an internet fandom unlike any other. Yeah. Like people love Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, completely out of proportion with how popular his video games have been over the past decade or two. Like, there is a real obsession with Sonic the Hedgehog online yeah. for reasons. I mean, I know, like, in the 90s, it was like Mario and Sonic were like number one and two, but he has fallen very far. But his um, following online, like, the forums, I mean, I think Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, great games, but like, there's not that much to be talking about with regards to Sonic all this time later. But always an active online community. Anyway. They go by the name of Blues, I learned. Is that true? This. That's according to one of the things I... This was the one I did... Of the ones I did actually read up on because I thought it was really interesting and seemed like that like actually had the most water and wasn't insulting. <laughs> so, <laughs> 2005, uh, someone from the team, from Sega, confirmed to a forum user in an interview that Michael Jackson had indeed been contacted to work on Sonic 3, but that none of his music uh, appeared in the game. And then a fan compiled all the evidence into one video, which was pretty viral. And something that came up in that video was that a lot of the names listed in the Sonic 3 credits are producers who worked with Michael Jackson. And then, in 2009, a French magazine conducted an interview with Michael Jackson's musical director, whose name I neglected to write down. I think it was Bixby or Baxby or something like that. Um, And they brought this up. And he said, oh yeah, we worked on that, but I've never played the game, so I don't know what's in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And this has been on our list for years. You know, yeah. this has been. Yeah. Um, if we had recorded this a few years ago, if we had recorded this part, we discussed this one in pop cultural conspiracy theories too. We might have been like, "Yeah, look at these crazy Sonic fans online. Look at these yeah. dummies." But uh, recently, this year, uh, earlier this year in 2016, Huffington Post writer Todd Van Luling tracked down several of the producers uh, of Michael Jackson and several people from Sonic uh, from Sega. And Sega's official line as a company is that Michael Jackson was not involved, and they will not confirm it. But everyone else will. Like, people that used to work at Sega will. People that worked with Michael Jackson did. Apparently, the story is that Michael Jackson was really into video games. He was really into things, uh, you know, the whole Neverland Ranch, a lot of, like, toys and kids games, right? Right, right. And video games were very much a kid thing at the time. And uh, Michael Jackson was really into Sonic, 
He wanted to take a tour of Sega. He did. He was like, I'd love to write some music for Sega 3. He's the biggest pop star in the world. They're like, yeah, sounds great. I've been working at Sega just getting a phone call that's like, Michael Jackson wants to come in this afternoon just to hang out. Totally. Um, and so he was enthusiastic. He worked on um, the game. Uh, he, he worked on some tracks for the game. And this is actually a really interesting thing about Michael Jackson. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if a lot of people know this. The way that Michael Jackson wrote music is he would record, as I'm to understand this, I'm not, uh, I love Michael Jackson, but I'm not, uh, his music, but I'm not like an authority on his history. But as I understand it, at least a lot of his songs were written by him recording like vocal scratch tapes of what he wanted the song to be like. Just with his mouth. Yes, but because he's Michael Jackson and a musical genius, he was able to do that. Like, it's not like me or you being like, it's like, you know, like you can listen and like the one for Beat It is out there online and like his original vocal track for like what he wanted Beat It to sound like. And it's no instruments. It's just him being like, but it sounds like Beat It. It's exactly Beat It. Like it's exactly. I didn't know that. And it's, they're cool. You should go listen to them. And that's what he did for Sonic because he's not going to fucking open up a Genesis dev kit and like program songs. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but who knows? I mean, the fact, I mean, I love it when you, the one thing I love about this theory is that like, just the fact that learning that Michael Jackson loved Sonic the Hedgehog. Also, I think it's so... Yeah, because I like Michael Jackson too, obviously. And he's, you know... It's so cool that he was open to doing video game music at a time when I bet a lot of musicians would just dismiss just video games in their entirety right, right. as a garbage art form. I'm sure a lot of a lot of artists still would do totally, that. Yeah. They just wouldn't give it the time of day. He saw the potential... Um, of video games, and he, he saw that it was just a new creative out. I mean, I, it's something like he did it partly because he was just a big fan of Sonic the Hedgehog and just wanted to like be involved with the franchise. But I, I like to think that he just was like just like a, in a in a sort of David Byrne esque way. Another musician I know you like a lot. Sure, he just wanted to try every right, right. different uh, iteration of music possible. Because right. Michael Jackson clearly liked music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and video game music is seems like an interesting writing challenge because you can't write a pop song that's really hooky. Like if Beat It was the theme song to Mario Level One, you get really sick of it. You know, it has to like yeah. not get annoying when it loops. So it is an interesting challenge. The music is really good in Sonic too. Yeah, like, Sonic always had great music. Yeah. Sonic does have great music, and it's it's like yeah. As far as even by like vid- any video game music standard, it was just really it's really good. So it seems to me. Uh, likely that he really did work on the game. Like uh, uh, Sega won't officially say it, but everyone who was involved but no longer works for Sega seems to confirm it. It seems very possible it's true. Here is the question on this one. Why is his name not on it? All the producers' names are on it. Why is his name not on it? Two theories. First one's pretty obvious. One is that apparently he delivered this music either uh, right before or right after the first set of allegations emerged. Um, So... Yeah, you remember. You, you, yeah, so, yeah. So that's an obvious reason Sega might want to not tout. Weird in the re- one weird little factoid that I you probably read this as well. The father of that initial, uh, the father who brought forth yeah. that first lawsuit or whatever, mm-hmm. or that for those first charges, and then you know uh, did the the lawsuit and stuff. The writer of Men in Tights. Oh yeah, I, I read that too. Okay. I didn't know. Or maybe co I thought Mel Brooks wrote it, but I guess maybe this guy was involved in writing it too. I don't know. Totally, t- yeah. total tangent. I was just like, oh, okay, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, so that's the first theory. The second theory. So that's kind of what the Sega people say, but the Michael Jackson collaborators say that Michael Jackson pulled his name from the game because he wasn't satisfied with how the music was actually transposed into the game, and once he heard it, uh, kind of transformed into bloops mm-hmm. and stuff, he was no longer satisfied and didn't want his name on it. Wow. Um, probably both of those could be a little true. 
the first one makes a lot of sense. Like with the timing of when Sonic Three came out, it would be. You know, two years earlier, it would be insane for Sega to not put on the cover music by Michael Jackson. Two years later, it would be insane for them to do it. Like, right, you know, right. Like, At, yeah, especially uh, for a kid's toy, so essentially. I, I, I kind of gravitate towards that. That theory just seems more plausible. Just seems more plausible to me. Yeah. Though the other one makes sense too. Michael Jackson. It's not hard to imagine had like a high uh, bar set for his own work. And like was unsatisfied with in some way, and maybe he just did stuff like this all the time. Like Possible maybe too. he was also like he just had this like music factory, and he would just kind of like. I feel like sometimes that's sort of an element of it's just people are always. I always heard Prince kind of did that a bunch. Yeah. Like Prince would sort of like uh, apparently Kevin Smith shot a whole like documentary about Prince that never aired because Prince just like they shot it and he or a music, music some sort of concert film or music video or just some sort of weird film project that Kevin Smith because Kevin Smith is a print. If you watch some of his movies, he's yeah, he mentioned Prince or more stay in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after they shot it, Prince was like, "Oh, I don't want to like do anything with it." Or he just put like there's like a vault basically of just like maybe we'll, maybe it'll come out someday yeah. now that he's uh, passed. But um, yeah, anyway, I so yeah, there's a lot of reasons. But I agree. I think that, I think that, I think the only reason this is technically a still just a theory is because Sega, a, any, the current iteration corporate line at Sega is that he's was not involved. Um, it's silly at this point that they don't just admit mm-hmm. it. I think it'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it um, seems all but confirmed until this Huffington Post writer Todd did this work. It basically, it essentially seems confirmed now. And it does, and I, I wanted to save it for last because uh, sometimes maybe these conspiracy theories are true. Like when that guy, it, that one kind of gained a reputation over the years for being I'm glad this is true. the one that's true and not any of <laughs> these other like duplicitous, horrible yeah, yeah, ones. True. But um, they, I, I guess it's, I wanted to say that it's, interesting because I feel like this one sort of gained a reputation over the years to the point where like even a year ago before the Huffington Post article if we had declared this one to be likely true it wouldn't have been that controversial or it wouldn't have been that bold but um, I guess like in 2003 or whatever like after that initial video that initial observation from that guy who was like you know some of the Sonic music sounds like Michael Jackson music listen to this like I probably would have laughed in that guy's face to be perfectly honest and I think maybe I don't want to throw you under the bus too. Maybe we collectively would have laughed at it and just kind of like thrown yeah. it in the pile with the others. Um, but here we are, ten years later, vindication. It's true. Watch the skies, people. Watch the skies. <laughs> you know, and I think it shows a big diff- difference between actual journalism and actual research and conspiracy theory. Because this is like, if it was just the comparisons of the songs, even even if I was like really, if even if I was. They were very compelling comparisons. Yeah, I'm just I'm gonna be like that's just there's so many. Yeah, it's, like a lot. It's of so open like to Michael it, Jackson yeah. music because he was the most popular thing for a decade. Um, but this is a case of them being like actually getting people on the record that were directly involved. Yeah. Um, getting you know people to speak on the record who are legitimate people connected to it who are reputable. Why will CNN <laughs> interview the Ramses? Yeah, as opposed to like I mean yeah it, like if if John Bonet's father made some statement or something or, or whatever or Katy Perry's parents said oh yeah like we were contacted by them in 20 years ago I yeah. guess I'd have to like at least pay attention but it just shows it's all just conjecture in, the, in these other examples nature of conspiracy theory is very very interesting well we we cleared the docket that was it we made it through six conspiracy theories in about 90 minutes mm-hmm. I feel pretty good about them I would be I think it's gonna be I'm telling you guys like Pat and I just even outside this podcast, have our ear to the ground for weird shit. And send so, us, send so we, we were looking for this and trying to compile it, and it took us this long to put together uh, this collection of five or six. Uh, more I will pop say this, conspiracy. I, it's going to take us even longer to get to part four. I can say this pretty confidently. This is probably 
these three installments are probably the most the 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 best and most listen toable podcasts or radio shows about conspiracy theories you will find. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. And, yeah. Um, well, Pat, if people want to tweet conspiracy theories at you, how can they find you? Um, at Patrick underscore Castles on Twitter. That's probably the main one. And I, I'll tell you about it in a minute in the outro of the show. But Pat, thank you so much for stopping by. What a treat! I'm so, I, we really have been talking about this for years, and I am glad that we finally did it. Yeah, anytime. It was fun. Congratulations, you just listened to another episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I'll be back with a new one in two weeks and uh, with another pop culture conspiracy episode in, uh, let me check my calculations here, the year 2020. But it might be a little sooner uh, if you guys send in uh, pop culture conspiracy theories, or I guess we're opening the floor to sports conspiracy theories. You can reach me uh, with those concerns and any others on Twitter, where I'm at Jeff Rubin Show, uh, on my Facebook fan page, uh, or my email address, which is at JeffRubinJeffRubinShow.com, along with every episode of the show for free. Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, Instagram. Sometimes people send me Instagram messages, and I'm not quite as good at noticing them, but I will certainly respond when I get them. And send me your conspiracy theories. I'll add them to my conspiracy wall, which is what I call my apartment, which I have, uh, you know, in all the collection of post-it notes and string that I've got up on the wall. And I'll be working at that until we speak again. Uh, but for now, bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>